Welcome back to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we're going to talk about the things that you can do to make sure that your business improves every single day, just a little bit. Uh, I'm your host, Tyler Stone. You can follow me on Instagram at Tyler F. And Stone, across the way is John Fairbanks. You can follow me on Instagram at jbanksfl. So, Welcome to the Gym Owners Podcast. You can follow the show on Instagram at the Gym Owners Podcast. And if you want into our Gym Owners Revolution Facebook group, check the link in our description. So let's get into it. John, we've been doing a lot of stuff here with some gym owners the last few weeks, very specifically on time management and everything from building new programs and launching things, tuning up processes, and just all sorts of the development side of a business, not necessarily the operations side. And we've covered the subject before, but uh, I want to talk today about decision making, simply the act of making a decision. Because guys, you know this as a business owner is that decision fatigue is a real thing. Like it's the realest thing because there is, as a person who's a procrastinator like me and John is as well, is you end up getting to the point where it's just making those decisions and just doing a thing that may only take 20 or 30 minutes that you'll just table it, whether it's the responsibility you're avoiding or the stress or just the finality of making that decision. But I do it all the time where I will stave off for four hours what might be 20 minutes worth of work that just requires some sort of higher level of thought, something I have to own going forward. And we see it a lot with gym owners. Guys, as a business owner, making decisions is like the seems it I hope it should feel like it's the only thing you do. Because that is kind of you're you're on the right track if making decisions is the thing that you're constantly doing. We John, tell me about that high kind of high performing CEO person that you were talking to the other day. Yeah. So he he was a massive donor. And so one of the things we did Back in a previous life of mine, so we went and shadowed this dude kind of in his element, in his business, functioning and working with his people. And it was something that I had never seen before at this point when it came to business. It was a dude that was in charge of everything. And he literally just had a person that informed him what meeting he was going into next. He would sit down. He would have all the stakeholders involved in that particular portion of the business explain or update or give whatever, however much progress they have made. And then all he would do is give them direction, give a yes, no. And then this is the direction we're going next. He wouldn't wait for anything else. He would immediately stand up and he would move to the next part of kind of their location where their offices were. And he did this all day long. Just making decisions, just giving the all clear, stepping people back, giving, you know, whatever, giving kudos or whatever. But at the end of the day, that was all he did all day long. Yeah. Well, and I think that's really important to know. For me, the most, you know, the most productive business owners that I worked with and worked under, that was how they operated. They're not stuck in, they're not dealing in the operations of the business. That's not where it works. So if you're still stuck doing the doing and doing all the things within your business, you're going to have to find ways to get out of it because it simply is not important. That's the piece. Yes, it is, you know, the thing that needs to be done all the time, but it is not the most important thing for the development of your business. It is something that somebody else can do. If you're still coaching, man, you need to probably find a way to let somebody else carry the burden of some of that coaching. Because coaching is the thing that you always do, but there's a point. Steve Jobs was only making computers for so long, 
And at some point for that business to grow, he could not be the one turning screwdrivers. That's not the way that it was going to work. He's not the one running the soldering gun on the assembly line. Why? Well, because he had more important shit to do. Somebody had to have vision. Somebody needed to understand what the next steps are going to be because it was his business. If this is your business, zoom out. What are the things? Again, we talk about this many times. What are the five things that your business needs to do to grow? You need more sales. What's stopping you from getting more sales? What are the things in the way? Is it skills? Is it you? Is it a plan? Maybe when I talk about making decisions on a daily basis, it may be simply a matter of having an idea, coming up with what your first couple actionable steps are going to be, and then making the plan to do those actions when they need to be done. Meaning I have decided now that we're going to launch, if you want to launch a nutrition program, right? Okay, well, what's this got to look like? What's this going to be? How am I going to fulfill this? Okay, well, what are my next steps? Let's onboard the staff tomorrow. Let's come up with the kind of marketing strategy and boom, boom, boom. Now I've made the decision to do the thing. You're married to that decision. And then you can go forward and deciding to take these steps. But that is actual progress as opposed to sitting going, I want to do this thing and then just not doing it. And we see this a lot. Uh, you know, we have clients that have worked with us. We have some that don't who have said, oh, this is what we're going to do and it's going to work really well. And then they don't do any of it. Or this is what I want to do, and then they do nothing. And I had made a post about this uh, very recently, too, which was doing things is not development. It's just not. You need to constantly be laying a brick of something permanent down that your business, that you're, you're building the yellow brick road, man. How are we going to get from point A to point B? We need a path. That path needs to be built. It needs to be cut. There needs to be movement going through there. We can't sit back and think about what the route is for very long. We're going to decide what the route is and we're going to gun forward. That's how this gets done. You have to have someone though, that is making the decision of what the direction is you want to go. Yeah. Cause if you look at like running a ship, like fucking big pirate ship, right? Big sailboats, they require tons of people to all be working and doing things all at the same time to get moving. My kids really into fucking pirate video games right now. So it's <laughs> on the brain, right? But in order to run that, the captain cannot be helping doing the work yeah. because what you're going to do is you're going to be really, really efficient at running your ship and you're going to be catching the wind and you're going to be kicking a whole bunch of ass. But if you don't have a captain that is saying there are rocks up ahead or we are going the wrong direction, you will efficiently streamlined and kicking all sorts of ass right into the rocks. Exactly. You will crash your shit. And that's where for sure on the other side of this is definitely going to be running that ship well is one thing. But like you said, Tyler, it's being able to identify this is what we want to do and then clearly start working towards that. Yeah. You reference some of the gym owners that we've been working with. They say, hey, I want to do this thing. And then we realize that they never make progress on it. Mm-hmm. And they feel like you're always spinning your wheels. So if you're a gym owner that feels like you're constantly spinning your wheels, oh man, we've been talking about wanting to like add nutritional services to our gym and with our clients. Or we've I been talking about that for months now. Or I want to start doing this or I want to get some, this all the time, I really want to get somebody in to help take some of this coaching burden. Well, perfect. Let's cover, let's talk about this one, John. This is a great one for the coaching one, right? You need somebody to cover coaches. You, like you need to bring a coach in. They're obviously in the end, you need some sort of big plan to bring people in and to, to onboard them and to identify them and then to train them and all those other systems. But if you don't have coaches that, that are at that level yet, 
you may not even have a clue how you're going to, you know, train in a new coach or how you're going to get them to the point where you can trust them with your clients, right? <clears throat> but right now you're doing all the coaching. What are you going to do? What is your plan? What is your plan to just sit there and go, man, I sure wish fucking Santa Claus is going to drop off some fully equipped, wonderful coach who's just really a go-getter who wants nothing more than $5 an hour <laughs> to just come in and take over my stuff for me. And then I can really worry about the business. Well, that's not going to happen. And those people don't exist. So what is your plan? Right. And the, the, by the way, sitting and stewing is not the plan. So at the very least, if this is a problem you identify, you need to solve, whether it's supplements, nutrition, maybe it's new products, maybe it's covering bases, but coaching, getting yourself unhooked from the coaching treadmill in your business needs to be done. All right. Perfect. If you put a fucking ad in the paper, it'll cost you $65, 71 Try Just put an ad in the paper. Go on. By the way, maybe don't do newspapers. Maybe you put an ad wherever. What are the what are the services now for hiring? Indeed, Zip Recruiter, Glassdoor. You can kind of just hit all of them at once for whatever. Just see what you get. You may get people who are underqualified, who don't know or who don't have any experience and maybe who or have experience but not necessarily in your type of fitness if you're a group fitness gym. But guess what? That's better than having zero leads, zero opportunities. Right. You may get 20 people, 19 of them will be fools, but one of them might, you know what, they got the personality stuff and I can bring them in. But that's progress. That's a step in the right direction. If you have to rule out 20 out of 20 people. I don't have time. I don't have time to put an ad in the paper. I don't even have time to come up with a plan. But I'm a gym owner. Yeah. And that's what we hear. I don't have 30 minutes. I don't have 30 minutes because my days are slammed. Then give up. <laughs> I don't know. Did you get this? Is well, this is. Are you stuck? Are you just stuck? Because guess what? Then you're now you're just working for this business. You're not owning it. You're not building it. You're not doing anything but working for this business. You have a job. What are you doing? So make a decision. So what is your what is the plan? If you, someone doesn't have this, if they sit there, because I hear this shit all the time, John. And I usually for me, when I hear that, that's a sense of quit. In my opinion, I hear people hiding in their business. That's what I hear. That's the truth, because I have never sat there and gone. Well, I guess this just is what it is. I'm busy. I'm just fucking busy that I, I, I get being busy. But as is an excuse mm -hmm. that I have no tolerance for if you're actually all in on your business and if you're not. I've talked about this before. I don't give a fuck to work with you if you don't need your business to be successful and you're, you're a disinterested gym owner who's not actually interested in progress. I don't care. Much like I don't care to work for clients who are athletes who are just like going to pay and show up, but they don't actually want results and they're not. They just think that writing the check gets it done. Well, owning the gym doesn't get it done for you either. And that's Well, there's no I'm doubt <laughs> that they're busy. Oh, absolutely. right. The fact is, and this is, and this is where we don't want to argue. And this is where you have to start to realize you have to take a step further. And exactly what you said, Tyler, which is start to work on your business, mm -hmm. which is step back. Your decision meter that you have in a day does not discriminate versus decisions that matter and decisions that don't. Correct. There's no discrimination whatsoever. So if you are making a bunch of choices, that are irrelevant to you solving the goal, finding the coach, getting after supplements, learning nutrition, becoming a better coach, any of those things. If you aren't actively doing those, you will fill your time. That's the one thing that I've learned about myself. Yeah, I can be like, oh, well, I'm not going to take on a lot of these responsibilities because I want to make sure I don't fill up my time and I have time to work on the things that matter. Do you know what happens every time? The cup gets full. 
the cup runs always <laughs> guaranteed. It yeah. always is overflowing because you fill your time, whether you fill your time with good shit or whether you fill your time, fill your time with bullshit is just totally up to you. Yeah. Well, and that, so decision fatigue is real, right? That is real. And we've seen it, but I want you to know that that is your job is to make decisions. That's it. That's almost it. Having an idea and coming up with a step for implementation, that's a decision. Saying we're going to do this thing and here's how we're going to do it, that's a decision. If somebody else is presenting you with ideas and you're saying yes or no, that's making a decision. Now, if you're deciding, there's a million little micro decisions that are made on a daily basis that you just as the business owner have to be, the buck stops here, that is the way it works. So at some point, if you can't offload your decision making, which you probably shouldn't, unless you have staff you can really, really trust for that stuff, you do need to offload all the other shit because you don't even know how many important decisions you're not making right now. That's the worst part. There's all these important decisions that you are hiding from right now, which is what is your next actual move? What is it? What's your next play? I, gym owners don't have a plan on what their next play is. They want new members. I don't know what to do to get new members. I'm just going to wish I had new members. Wishing and hoping, I would say, is ninety is, is the most common thing. I would say 90% of gyms that are struggling are struggling because motherfuckers are just hoping and wishing. It's crazy. Not doing. They're doing, My, doing, and they're not doing anything important. And, and wishing of, is not doing. It's, it's, it's really, really, really. I, and when I see it, I, I identify it enough to where it gets. It's, I'm not the best guy to be running those excuses by. I'll tell you that. One of my favorite sayings Oof. is wish in one hand and shit in the other yeah. and see which one fills up first. Yeah. So for you, what do these people need to do? Let's give them something actionable. Now, so now we do, we do a much larger, more comprehensive version of this in the gear Academy, but let me give you, give me, let me give you something. Every day you need to come up with something for your business permanent. It may just be a plan for something you're going to do tomorrow, but it needs to be something that has nothing to do with what needs to be done today. What is your business going to look like in a month? What is it going to look like in two months? What is it going to look like in three months? But every day there should be some task where you're figuring that out. Okay. One of the things is just reverse engineer what you're trying to do, right? Right. If I have a client, a fitness client who wants to lose 20 pounds, perfect. This person is here. They want to be there. Here are the things they are doing right now that get them here. So what few things need to be moved around so that they can get to there, right? It's easy, right? Instead of drinking 12 pops a day, drink six. Then we'll gradually tune that up later. But like, you know, maybe just stop eating out five days a week and just eat out twice a week. I don't have to, you don't got to reinvent the wheel. We just need progress, right? So everything you're going to do though, when I make that decision, when that person makes that decision and they stick to it and then they roll through, they're now heading towards the place they want to be. You can do run, run your business the same way. What things do you need operational in your business or do you need fixed about your arrangement in your business? If it's coaching, perfect. Tomorrow, start looking for coaches. Get them in. Think outside the box, by the way. It's 2022. Non-traditional non employment arrangements are the thing. By the way, the only way I would ever, ever consider working for another human being at all would be the most non-traditional thing. It really would be. I'd be like, I would come in, I want three hours a day, four days a week, and I need the keys to the city the entire time I'm there. Remote only. Remote only. Or if I'm going to come in, I need all. <laughs> right. it's just, it just is it. It's whatever. But once you realize that, you're like, oh, I, I do have value, right? And so in valuing, so you can do this with your coaches. You can give them a very fast track to something interesting. Don't give them the keys to the city. But a non-traditional arrangement is fine. You don't need to give them 40 hours a week. What do they need? What do they want? 
They want to build a career. Maybe they got to have a job somewhere else. You don't have the capacity to feed them full time. But you know what? Feed them well. Invest in their development a little bit. But in doing that, you're working with somebody towards a thing. When it comes to hiring staff, do you know how many times that's going to flop on your face? On flop on its own face a lot, by the way. You know, you know these staffing issues uh, across the across the across the world right now are pretty intense. So just, but you're not even playing this game. Our local Burger King is like running limited hours because they can't hire enough people. Like just a Same. fast food restaurant that's a gold mine just can't hire enough people. They, they just can't get people that are reliable who want to show up. But you as a coach, as a business, as a business owner, you're not even, that's like a Burger King that's not even hiring. And the owners and managers are in there doing all the shit and just staying open all the fucking hours and wondering why this isn't sustainable, wondering why we can't get anything new going, wondering why we can't develop and grow. Because they're not even looking to hire people. Could you imagine if your Burger King did that? Just all the management staff just running this fucking ship straight into the rocks while they're on the risk of burnout the whole fucking time, like you as gym owners are doing. Solve the fucking I got problem. One. Solve the problem is what I'm saying. So what is the path towards this? If, if, if it's a staffing issue, you don't have enough time, you need to get separated from coaching. Well, start trying to solve that problem because not trying to solve the problem will never solve the problem. Okay, I got one that will get them there. Not trying is never going to get you there. So start tomorrow, take an action, and off you go. John, go ahead. So you want to solve that staffing problem. You need to have time. Staffing's an issue. Fill in the blank. Whatever the thing right now that is that pain point, you need to solve it. But when you look at your time, you realize you don't have any fucking time to even plan it. Now, Tyler and I both politely will tell you, fuck go fuck yourself. Yeah. You're fucking lying. You don't realize it. You're pretending. So have, let's, let's give you a clear way that you can identify this. Start to identify something that you do more than one time a week. Something that you're doing once a week that's operational based for your business. You'll have a list. There's going to be more than one thing that you're doing every single day, every week in your business that's operational to help your business run. Once you get your list, step back and say, do I have to be the one that does this? No, 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 no. Hold on. Don't ask yourself that question. Ask me that question. You message me or John on Instagram. Just in Facebook group. Because this is the problem. We run into this a lot. We were, you know, by the way, we have some coaches. <laughs> we actually talked about this with someone in the group, and we were not going to give away all the stuff we do in the in the Gear Academy. If you want to join, we had a coach that's like, God, I'm just really hung up on programming. And there's a few different ways to maybe free up time for programming. And they're not in a really great position to hire it out because they have very specific training methodology that they kind of try to do. So they can't just farm out all their group programming. But it's then we realize like, oh. There might be some ways around this, you know, and then, so right. there are other options that aren't just, well, it's me. It's got to be me. Yeah, it really doesn't. And so a lot of these things, what you're going to say is it's got to be me coaching. Every, every gym owner says this, every gym, it's got to be me. And eventually the ones that finally detach from most of it, it's keep them, keep the amount of coaching that you want to do. That's important because right. if you like coaching, keep the amount that you want to do, quit hiding in the things you want to do that, do though, because it's not helping you. That's the worst part. So if you think you have to do all the coaching, I'm going to tell you like, all right, let's start by cutting out 20% of it, right? If you think you got to do all the programming, let's find a way to make programming take you half the time, a quarter of the time, or not, none of the time. There's all sorts of those little tasks, but whatever, it, whichever ones though are, if you think you need to do it, just run, run them by me. We'll answer. I don't, we don't have a colossally huge audience. I'll we tell will. you which ones, matter of fact, sure. are not gym owner jobs. It's, yes. They're not. It, 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 look at it. Say, is, is this a and and take yourself out of the context of of the gym owner? 
Just put yourself in the shoes of any other business. Would any other business CEO be doing this himself? Sweeping the floors, mopping the floors, uh, fucking tidying up accounting stuff. Like, like there's just all these little things. Is a job for fucking anybody, not the owner. So that's the piece is really that's important. It. Yeah, make that. Yeah, those decision. repetitive tasks that then can be replaced by something once you identify, value. and you may have a repetitive task that you take a 45 minute shit every day. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Let's dial that down to 15, leave the phone outside the toilet, finish your dude. Oh, and then oh, oh, I'm telling, listen, again, <laughs> if you feel like you have to sit in there for the 45 yeah. minutes, then do it. But if you're then telling me you time. don't have time to go find that coach yeah. to make progress, Guys. then let's find you 30 minutes. <laughs> let's go one step further. I'm not very serious about the next thing I'm going to say. <laughs> but do you really think you couldn't get an Indeed ad, in, Indeed ad like a, a job listing ad posted and written up and published in the 45 minutes that you take to take a shit? You would probably do it all minutes. on your phone right there. You would probably there. do it all on your phone right there. So bring your phone in you, by the way. Bring your phone with there you. There you go. Hello, productive. <laughs> yeah, that's my strategy. Anyway, that's the new thing. Any coach who comes to us, any owner who comes to us says they're way too busy. I'm like, have you tried doing more stuff while you poop? or While you shit? Or how about this? Maybe you don't like doing work while you poop. Bring your lunch in with you. Get lunch done while you poop. And while then you, you can invert, and then you can do your work in your lunch block. We will Guys, find time for you, folks. Here at Jim, Jim Owners Revolution. Turn the face <laughs> That's the name of this episode. <laughs> Shit while you eat. It's like it's like refueling an airplane in midair. It's the most <laughs> efficient way to go about things. So uh anyway but that's an that, that piece i think really matters just assess you're, you're bleeding time and shit and it's not always it's not always like stuff where you're being lazy that's the that's like the big one is you're not necessarily being lazy for me it really is like when i when me it's, it's procrastination it's that that's my big time sink right because the decisions i make and the things we build are so final everything john that you and i are doing but by the time we come together it every day it is of maximum efficiency we're building a thing layering subject matter doing permanent products permanent decisions that we make for our clients this is it is that in just two three hours a day we're like holy shit like i'm done i can't think on anybody else's behalf anymore I go in and I'll coach clients for a while, then I'll train myself. And that, and I'm really, my days are bookended by training now at this point. They're like, my days are really busy, but I still have a lot of time to fuck off. And it's true. Right. It's really true. And so if I needed more, if we needed more done, there's plenty of room for me to get more. And I know as a gym owner, you're beholden to much larger and more consistent processes than us as kind of a one or two man show. I do understand that. But you need to, the, the key is detaching yourself from a lot of that stuff. There's a lot of things and making, are not doing within our business. And making progress to towards that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, but the decisions, that piece, you know, where, where you're, like you mentioned with that CEO whose job, he just goes from room to room making decisions. You need to start to insulate yourself into a situation that looks a lot more like that because you need to understand that you are important. You are very important. And the time that you have is important, meaning it should be spent doing important things. And I can tell you, cleaning your toilets is not as important as you think. It's not as important that you do it. So that's that's the piece is what really is important for the development of my business. I wanna build on the CEO thing because I think this is important understand that he was meeting with department heads. Yes. He was meeting 
with members of his board. He was not meeting with the folks that were in charge of the doing. The doers weren't meeting with this man. The doers managers managers was meeting with this man. Now you're not going to, you're just never going to have a gym that should have that many layers of bureaucracy. It, sh- it shouldn't happen. I hope not. Yeah. Because there's a lot right? of efficiency lost in that process. Exactly. However, your people should be empowered that if there's not toilet paper or you are running out of toilet paper, they do not need to run that question by you. Yeah. There needs to be some standards where it's you don't need to be signing off on common, common fucking sense things oh, yeah. that we have seen. We have seen gym owners that find themselves making decisions for people because their coaches and staff were not empowered to make common sense fucking decisions. And that will wear you down to where you'll just want to like 11 a.m., 12 p.m. You want to get the fuck out of there and you want to go hide for the rest of the day. A good example of this, John, is there's a, you know, I worked for a business one time who I worked for businesses that had a lot of trust in their employees. And because that's kind of the way it has to be, right? Meaning you need to get fuel. You need to buy tickets. If you have a travel trip for work, you need to fly somewhere. You need to book reservations. You need to do all this stuff. And yes, you need to send receipts in and all this shit. But somebody's checking on the fucking business account and the business credit cards anyways every month. If an employee is taking themselves out to dinner, you're going to find out in fucking no time. It's not like you think right. they actually get away with anything. So when I worked for business before that, then that also like – did not let empl- didn't even have anything set up to where employees could have like the credit card, the business card to do business things with, which meant any time we needed to update an account, like, oh shit, I need to add this thing. It's this fucking eight dollar a month thing, but it's for us that we need to add this for our business. As I'm trying to build things for this business, can't get it done. Got to call somebody, got to get through to the person who's the owner to get their card and their information and them to verify the shit. And what this does is it makes the business so incapable and so slow and everything gets fucking bogged down. It's the worst. And and it's the, when the business owner isn't actually going to do all that stuff, what it does is you just hand, you just shackle everybody to the floor. And they can't get anything done. If I'm going to travel, I say, okay, perfect. Let me just decide. I know where I, when I got to be where I got to be. Let me book the flights. Let's put on the business credit card. I'll send you in the receipts. It's all the same thing that's going to happen if somebody else is doing it, if the owner is doing it, except the owner is now not having to do it. But if So if your business isn't set up, how is one of your employees going to go get toilet paper? You got to hand them a card. Maybe that's what you got to do. Maybe you just got to have an extra card that's in the drawer, that's in the safe where they can run and they can run and do it. Maybe that's how you do it. Cause you don't want to just give, you know, a bunch of part-timers the, you know, the keys to all your finances. But sure. at some point, literally, how is that going to get done? What if there's a plumber that's got to come to fix the toilet? What if you could just kind of regular maintenance, maintenance done on your air conditioning, right? And it costs a certain amount of money and they reset, they, they require payment. When do you have to be there? Should, do you have to be there? Now you have to be there to just fucking nod your head and accept the get handed a receipt. And sign. No, stop that. Have that everybody, all your employees know the cards in the drawer, fucking pay the thing. If you have a question about it or you think we're getting fucked, give the owner a call. But like they got to just you have to take the good with the bad on all of these things, just like in hiring staff in delegating out, know that any task that you delegate out, you're going to take about a 20% hit on efficacy, quality, production, uh, efficiency, everything, right? They're not going to be as good at it as you are. 
but they can improve. So wherever they start, you'll help them improve, but that doesn't mean you have to do all the work anymore. That's a big, big, big win for you. And empowering your people to be able to make those decisions, whether it's coaching decisions. I mean, think about how asinine it would be if the head coach that you have or one of your coaches that you have to sit there and watch them coach and micromanage that. Yeah. You At some point, if they're going to be a coach, it needs to make it to where you are not wasting two people on a single block. Yeah, It's the same thing. And so another way to level this up of this conversation that I've seen work really well is you just have spend thresholds. Mm-hmm. So if you have a GM, you have a manager, you have somebody, it's you have the green light to make a decision for anything that's less than $500. Yeah. And now it's only, you only get bothered when it starts to matter. And who cares? $500, $250, $1,000, you set that threshold. But now you're only, now you are now becoming the equivalent of the CEO coming in and having the level of conversations that matter. Mm-hmm. Do we want to spend $3,000 over here? Not, should I get, should I get the, the Kleenex brand or should I get the Scott brand? Just fucking bring toilet paper. I'm going to give, by the way, let me add, let me add to that. If you're buying toilet paper for your gym, buy a nice, nice toilet paper, please. And even if you have a service that comes and replaces the toilet paper, you can choose different varying degrees of toilet paper. Choose the nicest stuff that you can buy. Trust me, your clients are paying you a decent amount of money. I, my, I measure the respect that any business has for their, seriously, for their clients based on the toilet paper that they choose to put in the, in the customer's restroom. Because if I go in and it is just raw sandpaper, I know that they're like, I could choose to damage my employees' anuses to save an extra $9 a month. And I'm, that's what I'm going to choose because they're choosing that by choosing the cheap shit. So yeah, that's how I know if you give a fuck about your people at all. Buy the nice stuff. Now, there's a book actually that I think was, is, was like transformative for me in this, like in this mindset of how to delegate, how to really make a system efficient and detach yourself from the doing, even at extreme cost, kind of, because your time should be the most valuable, your time should be the most valuable thing to your business. And that was the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. It really was. It was a thing where I was like, fuck, it was really eye opening to see there was his use of virtual assistants. For that was a big one. And that was a long, that book's been around for a while too. And that system has developed a lot since then. But that piece has been really interesting where they use for customer service. An example he gave was one of his like supplement businesses, right? Where they were getting customer service stuff, shipping errors. There's all sorts of stuff comes by. Something shows up damaged or somebody doesn't like it. Somebody wants a refund. They were handling, he was handling all their own. You know, they had very little staff. Everything was drop shipped, right? So you didn't have to. If you're putting your own labels on your supplement company, you're fucking up. If you know what I mean, like there are ways to get do that for zero effort, and that's probably the way you should be doing it. So this is a complete drop ship thing. He had was completely hands off of everything except for then the customer service shit was coming in, and there was some decisions on production and stuff that had to be made. Well, he just had a essentially virtual assistant handle his customer service calls. There was a phone number, and that all called to here. At some point, though, in the beginning, they were running every decision by him. Like, oh, it's $100. So we give them the refund. We give them the, and, and then he decided, by the way, it didn't mean the decision he made was anything, any decision under $250, he empowered the person on the phone to make that decision. Now, they want, he still wanted them to make what they thought was the right decision, right, for what the customer client needed and what was, you know, what was right. But he was willing to take the good with the bad. And that's taking the good with the bad is key when it comes to growth. You're not going to be perfect, but taking the good with the bad 
now meant on all of those decisions, maybe 80% of those were getting made the exact same way that he was going to make them. They're making this, they're choosing one of two ways, really. And so that's off he goes. Now he's offloaded 100% of the work and the right decision to him is being made 80% of the time. Well, for that extra 20%, what is it? Is it cost? Is it some customer client satisfaction? Like you can kind of follow up and tidy that stuff up as you go. But either way, a 20% fucking, you know, oopsie daisy rate is kind of the difference between a person who's not a high performing CEO and one who is. So who gives a shit? That's the name of the game. So learning to delegate that stuff is the key and knowing that it's not going to be perfect. Uh, so if you want to get in on like uh, how to like that book is basically like a how to guide on building a full systems for how you can detach yourself from your businesses entirely or make systems that just are really efficient and require so little of your time and are able to make money for our work week. I think it's available in audio book as well. But Tim, Tim Ferriss for our work, week. if you haven't read it and you're in like the kind of entrepreneurial space, you should. It, it is kind of like a it's it, I would say it's kind of an instant classic that's come out in the last 10 years for sure. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. And I've read that one in the way I thought about everything in, in business. So, and I think it's important on that subject because this is a lot of times where for us that are entrepreneurs, when we're early in our, when you're early in getting started, it is bootstrap central. It is, I'm going to get this done with spit and grit and duct tape. So you get really used to just doing all the things all the time because you have to. The odds are you don't have a whole lot of startup costs if you're not just swimming in debt already. And so because that's your attitude, oftentimes you will feel like I have to be the one that does these things. The one thing that Tim Ferriss talked about and then also in the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, he talks about VAs as well. And two things that they both are in agreement on are don't wait to get a VA. Like if you want help, if you want assistance to do those highly repetitive tasks, you don't need to wait till you get to be a big highfalutin CEO to offload those things. So that's one of those things where I think a lot of times we can say like, oh, I, I, I have to wait to get to a certain earning threshold or, or I, I need, need to VA, be able to. The, the, I need to keep a VA busy for 20 hours a week. No you can offload and that's, 30 minutes worth of exactly. work. Exactly. And so it really is incredibly valuable. And again, these are the things that we dive into deeper, not just this is what you should do, but how you do it, how you execute those steps inside of the Gear Academy. Because these are the pieces that everyone runs into. You're all on the same ladder. We're all on the same path towards what we want to do in our businesses. It just is the difference of what part of the path you're on, what rung of the ladder you're on. And the good news is as you continue to level up your skill set and surround yourself with people that are doing that, it's amazing how many doors can get opened when you feel like, man, I don't even know what to do next. And somebody's like, oh, no, like I've already done this. In fact, you know what? I could help you. Yeah. And now you have a community of people that are assisting each other, which is exactly what the Gym Owners Revolution is all about. So if you want in, join the Facebook group. Guys, that's got us wrapped up for today. I hope there was something eye-opening in here for you. Um, it really is important. Your time is valuable. Your decision-making is what your business is, right? Your business came into existence because you made a decision, and then you fucking rant straightforward with it, right? And then once this thing exists, what do a lot of, a lot of gym owners do? We stop making innovative decisions. We stop building new things. 
we stop pressing forward like we did the day you decide, you know, guys, you know this story. You decided you're going to open a gym. You started saving money. You pulled the money. Maybe you went all in. Maybe you got investors. Maybe you got partners involved, but then you had to find a facility. It is all go, right? In that beginning phase, when your gym went from not existing to existing, what was it? You had to take everything that didn't exist and bring it into existence. You had to have a plan. We've got to find a facility. Shit, yeah, we found a facility. We're going to go. When are we going to get in? Perfect. What are we going to put in there? How are we going to get it done? When are we moving? That is what this thing was. You, you guys did all of that. And then you're sitting there and go, I don't have enough time to make anything else happen. That's the piece that we need you to, you need to get back to that little bit of fire that got this thing in front of you in the first place, that made this thing happen. That, you know, that's the piece that I always talk about when I talk about working with businesses, clients, everything is I, I like taking things that did not once exist and making them exist. That's my, my passion is the beginning, the starting, the making of things happen, creating. And I hate to see businesses just die, that that dies within a business, that fire, right? I want to take a thing. You're feeling a need in your community. You're serving people. You're doing all this stuff. And then you just fucking decide you don't want to do it any better anymore on a larger scale or make yourself any more money. You just stop. That's fucking crazy to me. So get your foot on the gas, the same fire that took your thing from zero to where it is now. You got to take that little bit. So take the same thing. When you decided you were going to have a gym and started doing all that hustling. All right. What does your gym need next? Now do that same thing, hustle at that level and then make it happen. So you can do that. We help people do that every day. We do it on a weekly basis while we constantly are doing check-ins and tasks and giving, giving people exactly what they need in order to start moving their business up that ladder. Uh, if you want to just learn a little bit more, get into the Facebook group, The Gym Owners Revolution. That link's in our description. Follow the show at The Gym Owners Podcast on Instagram. Follow me at Tyler F. And Stone and John. J. Banks F.O. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. (laughs) FL. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.